Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. So it started out originally with just a few lead pillars and we started like direct mail farming an area. Then we started targeting non-occupied homeowners. Then we started targeting expired for sale by owners. Now I wake up and we actually have 39 proven lead gen pillars that get launched in each location, depending on how their conversion rate is doing. And one of the things that I really learn through that process, different people will start different lead gen initiatives and they skip around, start one and then they move on to the next one too fast. So what I got good at is taking a lead gen pillar and figuring it out. I then put a fence around it to where I I didn't shift people that were working on one to the next one. I also didn't shift money. One of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of business owners make is a lot of shifting and then they don't grow. Whereas I developed one lead gen pillar, really made it work very, very well, then put a fence around it, both money and human resources, and then moved on to the next one. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategies. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Sarah Reynolds, CEO of Empower Home, headquartered outside of Washington, D.C. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Tracy. So glad to be here with you today. Yeah, it's so good to see you. It's been, uh, what, since uh, May or June? <laughs> I can't yeah, when we were yeah. In, in beautiful Colorado Springs. Yes, uh, which absolutely. Was stunning. Yeah. Yes, good to see you. It feels like forever ago. So Time's flying. Oh, so you have an interesting business model. So I wanted to kind of start um, talking to you a little bit about your team and then the evolution of your company over the years. Yeah, so um, I got into uh, the real estate business in 2006 as a realtor, and I joined my mom, Debbie. Uh, She started in real estate in 1988, Mm -hmm. and um, I joined her and started building um, a team pretty quickly. Uh, In 2009, she sort of put me in charge of the team, I, I would say. Um, or she would say, uh, and a full partnership, mother-daughter uh, team. But I started building out the actual team to be uh, quite the sales force. And so one of the things that I quickly realized is that agents want to work with clients. That's why they got into the business is to be face-to-face face with buyers and sellers. And so I started uh, my path or so my journey in 2009 on developing a lead gen and inside sales um, department. That is one of the top and the top, I believe, in the nation um, now, but started developing that in 2009 to where I knew that I could really impact agents' lives if I could get them out there to be able to do what they originally thought they were going to do when they got into real estate, which was work with buyers and sellers. And so we started developing this um, and it started to grow. Uh, When I first joined my mom, 
the most she had done in revenue um, was about 300,000 in in revenue. Uh, It was just her and an assistant. And then I started building out the team. And uh, this year, our real estate division uh, will do 40 million in, in revenue. Um, and so that's across multiple different locations. I'm, I'm skipping over about a decade of work there. Uh, but that's where we are today is we have a real estate division that has teams in now 10 different markets where Empower Home provides the services of the lead gen, the appointment booking, and all of the conversion systems and training to set the agents up for success. Okay. And I'm going to kind of switch the questions around because I want to talk to you about your lead generation. Um, you know, I know that you have a, a clearly articulated value proper, uh, proposition around your lead pillar. So tell me how that works and, and how you develop that. Yeah. So it started out originally with just a few uh, lead pillars and we started um, like direct mail farming an area um, then we started targeting non-occupied homeowners. Then we started targeting um, expired for sale by owners. Now I wake up and we, we actually have 39 proven lead gen pillars that um, get launched in each location, depending on how their conversion rate is doing. Um, and one of the things that I really learned through that process, and and you know a lot of a lot of realtors you know, loan officers, different people will start different sort of lead gen initiatives and they skip around. So they'll start one and then they move on to the next one too fast. So what I got good at is taking a lead gen pillar, whether it's direct mail or whatever your target audience is and figuring it out. So being, being very um, bullish about figuring out that lead gen pillar And then once I got that figured out, I then put a fence around it to where I, I didn't, I didn't shift people that were working on one to the next one. I also didn't shift money. Um, And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of business owners make is a lot of shifting of either human resources or of money, and then they don't grow. Uh, Whereas I, I developed one lead gen pillar, really made it work very, very well then put a fence around it, both money and resource, human resources, and then moved on to the next one. And so now we have 39 um, different lead gen pillars that la- that can launch in a location. Typically, we'll launch five to six at first, get their conversion up to where it needs to be. Then we add on three to four at a time. And how do you decide which ones to start with? Yeah, good question. Um, so it, it's all based on the market. So we look at the market. For example, we had a Charleston meeting this morning. So we're in Charleston, South Carolina as one of our markets. Well, Charleston, South Carolina is a move-in market more than it is a transient market from people moving out. Whereas Washington, D.C., for example, um, is very transient. People moving in and out constantly. Whereas a lot of people are moving to Charleston. So if so our lead gen pillars for Charleston is focusing on relocation buyers and a lot, a lot of buyers, as well as a lot of non-occupant homeowners, because a lot of people own second homes there or vacation rentals. And so those lead gen pillars um will launch in Charleston versus if if um, for example, Dallas, Texas is one of our locations. Uh, we we focus on mass media. We focus on a lot of sellers getting signs in the ground uh, because a lot, it, D- Dallas 
mirrors DC Metro in terms of it being so transient. So we look at each market and what that sort of population is in terms of moves. And then we launch the lead gen pillars that applies to that market. Okay. And let's talk about the Empower Home kind of family of companies, because you you discussed the, the real estate division, but you've got several others um, as well. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so we also have Empower Home Mortgage. Um, and then we also have our ti- our title company in, in a few, few of the states that we serve. Um, and then we're working on multiple others as well. And so Empower Home Mortgage, um, we sort of took the same philosophy as we did for the real estate division. And Empower Home provides leads and appointments for the loan officers at Empower Home Mortgage. Um, and then the same with title to where we're providing those services to different divisions, not just the real estate residential real estate division. We're about to launch our commercial division as well. Um, and so we have, if you think about it, the consumer has told us, right, that they want as seamless of a process as possible. They also want the best pricing. And the way that just like, you know, Sam Walton knew that the economies of scale of products will always get the consumer to be able to win. I believe that the economies of scale of of humans uh, will also provide that the consumer wins. They'll have a seamless, um, process to where they'll talk to one ISA that's booking an appointment for the realtor, that same ISA that they have a relationship with over the phone is booking an appointment for them to get pre-approved for their mortgage. Uh, Same thing for insurance, right? Uh, And so we want, we know that the consumer will have a seamless, um, does have a um, more consumer friendly process when they're talking to less people and that they trust the people that they're talking with. And so we take that same lead, we take that same appointment, and we duplicate it across this our sister companies. Okay. And I want to get a little deeper into that because at the Gathering of Eagles, you were on a panel um, about capturing core services. And, um, you know, obviously those are really important to brokerages and teams um, in today's market just to beat margin compression. Yeah. Tell me your capture rates or your attach rates with title and mortgage, and then what are you doing to improve those? Um, being that you know you're like many have independent contractors, so there's RESPA and some you know issues there. Yeah. So um, so mortgage is is our um, our youngest company. So um, our our title company has a seventy percent capture rate. Um, well, right over it's like seventy two percent depending on the month. Uh, and, and that has been, we have had that now for, for five years. So, so we've, we've had that sister company for quite some time. Uh, and, and the key there for us in terms of capture rate is 80% of the empower home team, our residential real estate division closings come through our lead gen pillars and through our ISAs. When you have a system like ours, where we own the lead and we own the appointment, we then can say, okay, this is an empower home lead. This is an empower home appointment, which means that they need to work with the empower home sister companies. And so we give our independent contractors full independence of uh, title companies when it when the lead doesn't come from from us, but when it does, um, it does go through um, to our sister companies. And so that has helped. On the mortgage front, we're not up to that that capture rate yet, um, mainly because on purpose. 
because of size. So if, you know, we have 80 plus agents, um, agent partners across our locations, and we only have uh, five loan officers right now because it's a baby company. Mm-hmm. And so we would literally kill, like crush those loan officers if we were tr- we were capturing all of that business. And so right now we're running between a 30 to 40% capture rate, which is very high for the industry. Um, but that's what we're running right now. And And do you offer, you know, you talked about price. So do you offer better pricing than competitors for title and mortgage? We, we do. Um, and we also um, use that as a way to be flexible in terms of if we need to be flexible with, with commissions, if they're, um, we look at it as a whole, which then allows for the consumer to win. Um, and so we, we are very competitive on pricing across the board. And we want the consumer to both have an amazing experience. And at the same time, they get the best, best deal possible with their experience. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit off of that subject and talk to you about, you know, any advice that you have for brokers who are really struggling with, with capture rates or attach rates. Um, Title always is higher and mortgage, um, but your title capture rates are pretty high. Um, Your mortgage capture rates are really high. So what advice do you have for other brokers um, who, who are struggling to get that? Yeah, I think that the the first thing is you do need to make it to where you're viewing the influencers on the ground as your partners. And so what I would suggest to brokers is I always believe in being transparent with my team, especially if I'm struggling with something. So I would first recommend if there's a broker that is struggling with capture rate, to sit their top 20% down of their office and just be very transparent saying, Hey guys, you know, our capture rate is not where we want it to be for mortgage or for title. Um, what are we doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you supporting the mortgage company? Why aren't you supporting the title company? What, like, is there something? Cause I think what can happen a lot and that I've seen, I, I'm in a unique position because I'm a rainmaker as uh, in our real estate division. Um, where I have a broker, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can understand what it's like to be the top producer in an office or lead a team of top producers. And at the same time, I own those sister companies. So I understand, obviously, the the risk that the break broker is taking and setting it up, the desire for a higher capture rate, and how that's really helping the bottom line of the office in terms of staying into existence. Um, I get that because I'm I'm sort of, I walk the line of both, right? I, I'm in the position of both. Um, and so what I recommend is just having a very transparent conversation with their agents, first and foremost, on why the capture rate is what it is. Anytime I've done that, I have walked away with understanding things that I had no idea what was going on or what was happening. Um, we had a situation similar in our with our mortgage partner before we actually had the company, but with our mortgage partner. And I found out that I wasn't being told certain things because they felt like I could they couldn't tell me. But because I created a safe space in a room and just asked, hey, I'm struggling and I need your help. They actually were sharing things with me. I didn't know we were having some communication issues. I didn't know about some transactions that didn't close as well as they would have liked them to close. And that left a bad taste in their mouth. 
Like I didn't know some of those things uh, because a lot of times your mortgage partner, whoever's leading that mortgage company will not tell you the truth. They won't tell you um, that they messed up or they won't tell you that they, that, that your top producer did give them a deal and they didn't, they didn't close it or they, they won't tell you that, but your agents will, as, as long as you create a safe place for them to do that. So that's number one is to understand what do you need to overcome in terms of what's, what's causing them to hesitate on, on giving uh, the mortgage company that business. So that's number one, everything's relationships in real estate. So number two is you have to have loan officers that understand building the relationship with your top agents is so critical. It does not happen overnight. Um, Most of your top agents have relationships with people that might be like a decade old, right? So they're not going to, they're not going to give up those relationships really quickly. And honestly, you should be thankful they're not. Because if they were those type of people, they probably wouldn't stay in your brokerage very long, right? If they just hopped from one relationship to the other, then you wouldn't have a longstanding relationship with them. And so be thankful that they're that way and just know that whoever you put in your office in the loan officer role needs to be developing, very good at developing relationships with your top producers and um, and creating that relationship that that has nothing to do with you. They have a true relationship. They're, they're friends. They want to support one another um, and just really hire the right loan officer that will develop that. Um, so my next question is, you know, obviously the market's shifting, it's changing. Um, you know, it's, it's moving down, but down is relative being that we were in yeah. just like an you know, incredible market the last couple of years. So what did you learn through the last downturn um, that's really helping you thrive in this new market? Yeah, I mean, I got my real estate license right before the last downturn. So I actually don't know anything different. So that to me, a um, shifting or a buyer's market, which we're still not even close to a buyer's market, by the way, in terms of inventory levels. Uh, but I mean, exactly what you said, Tracy, in terms of like, it's all relative. Uh, But we are experiencing a lot of softening across all of our locations. And so we're in 10 different locations. All of them have paced very differently. And honestly, I am having an amazing time dealing with this shift because that's what I was born with in terms of in the real estate world. Um, And I feel very capable about leading through it and and what the agents need to be saying and, and coaching and training. And so the, the biggest thing is, you know, for every one transaction that someone had before, they almost have to double their activities that have that same one transaction. So it first starts with a mindset shift that, okay, we need to almost double the amount of contacts that we make right now to have that one transact that one successful transaction. But so it starts in your mind. So immediately shifting your mindset to saying, okay, you know, it's not harder. I I don't like to use the word hard because that has a negative connotation. I like to say challenge, right? So we have a new challenge and the new challenge is that we need to double our contacts to book the same amount of appointments that we were booking before. So what are the activities that we need to look at to increase to have the same um, outcome? So that's number one. Number two is it's so important to be focused on your skills your skills in terms of conversations that you are having with your clients 
to make sure that they understand that a lot of times what they see in the media is old news, right? So that's not accurate. The, the realtors on the ground are who knows what is going on in the market. And they know that from showing data. They know that from offers. Typically, the news doesn't get a hold of that until 60 to 90 days out, right? And so, um, you know, when they hear a headline from CNN or something like that, that does not apply to today's market. That's typically old, right? Um, and so it's so important for us to be uh, having those conversations with clients and explaining to them that the media isn't, isn't up to date, um, typically, and that we need to, what is up to date is what we're seeing across the board and having those skills and conversations with the sellers to know that they need to make price adjustments and also have a sense of urgency around making price adjustments. And then on the buyer side, having a sense of urgency around rates going up. And so those two things, so we're role-playing more, our real estate division is role-playing more. We are spending more time on scripts and dialogues. Um, and then also like any type of a third party information is so powerful. Like like all of what Housing Wire puts out is like super powerful because we can use that as a third party um, voice to our clients to be able to cause them to act. Um, and so just making sure that we're doubling our activities, first and foremost, changing our mindset, second, doubling our activities, and third, practice, practice, practice the dialogues that we need to be having with clients. So I know you mentioned Housing Wire and they're a great source of housing market news um, and information on some of the other like mortgage and, and some title. And then um, I wondered if there are any other sites or information sources that you steer your agents to so that they can get the um, information they need to do business in, in any type of market. Yeah, there's there's a few. Um, for, first, along with housing wire is real trends of course um and then not not just those i those are awesome resources but also looking at the data in the mls so for each of our listings making sure that we're looking at the showing data making sure that we're looking at number of pendings and so looking at third parties like housing wire like like real trends and then looking at at the MLS as a third party as well and providing screenshots of that data for their specific house that they're talking about. And so anytime that you can provide a third party endorsement, you'll always be able to um cause action from the client more than just you saying it. So yes, you're the professional, but you need to let your client know, I look at these other resources uh, because they sort of lead the market. They lead the industry and give us knowledge to where we can use that to cause them to, to act. And they need to act quickly because every week that goes by, the sellers are actually losing money right now. And every week that goes by, the buyers are losing money because they're they're potentially going to pay a higher interest rate. So it's sense of urgency is so important. So using those resources to help with that has been huge for us. Great. Um, so let's talk about the real estate environment. And um, has the current environment changed the way you operate? Or or have you thought about new services that you're interested in adding, um, you know, based on the market or just because it was a, a natural evolution for your company? Yeah, I mean, right now we are um, we are looking heavily into insurance um, as as a sister company um, to Empower Home. We also um, 
I mean, just to be direct, when the when the we first started seeing this shift happening, I think you always want to protect your main business, right? And so, um, being very um, conservative right now financially is really important. And at the same time, if there is a vertical of business that you can add that doesn't add a lot of expense, right now the best way for you to to sort of overcome this shifting of, of the market is to have additional income streams, right? To where if one gets hit, the other one might not be hit as hard. Um, and so I would say to ma- make sure that A, to protect your expenses of the main, your your main business. So if you're a real estate broker, making sure that you are looking at your expenses of your office, are there things that you can, you can adjust? And then in, in the same tone saying, hey, are there additional revenue streams that we can add that can also help us. And so we're doing that right now. And so we're looking heavily into insurance um, to add to uh, our verticals of business. Okay, great. Um, So where do you see the most opportunity for agents and team leaders um, in the next year? So the most opportunity is actually in, in being the professional that knows what to say. I know that sounds very basic, but you, the ones that know what to say will survive this, not just survive this, they will thrive. They will take massive market share during this time. And so I think so many agents got very lazy. So many, honestly, brokers, team leaders, I'm putting myself in that bucket as well. I mean, it was easy to sell a lot of homes in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It it didn't take a lot of practice. It didn't take a lot of skill. It didn't take a lot of refinement of our marketing of our listings and things like that, because you just had to put it in MLS and the house sold, right? Yeah. Um, and I always say, you know, there's a difference between selling the home and selling it right. And I think selling the home right in terms of taking market share during this market first starts with us really learning our skills when we're face to face with that client when your when your leaders when your agents are face to face with that client how can you help set them up for success to get the listing and it's going to be um be those that know what the, to know how to communicate what's going on in the market in a professional manner and so just getting back to basics in real estate is what needs to happen right now Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was at the Florida Realtors Convention and um, there was a a realtor there from Pensacola. Her name is Alexis Bolin. And she was just rattling off what to say to sellers, um, you know, because sellers right now have this expectation that their house is worth probably a lot more than it is. Because the neighbor down the street sold, you know, got 20 offers and, you know, ended up selling 100,000 over list. Um, And that's not happening anymore. And there has to be a way to be able to tell them, you know, that and be honest and transparent with them without also, you know, alienating them and going with another agent who's just willing to put it in there at a ridiculous price and do price reductions. So I agree that's so important. It is. I uh, spoke on a panel at at Keller Williams Mega Camp last week on this very topic. And I said, you know, even something as basic as our CMA, like writing a CMA for a seller, what you're used to doing is looking at solds, right? That's not how you run a CMA in a shifting market. You look at actives and making sure that you're that you show the best and you're priced the best. 
having that conversation with the client and explaining, look at how many actives there are. There weren't that many actives 30 days ago, right? And, and, and helping educate them that we're looking at pricing differently. You have to, all these actives are your competition. We have to beat the competition. And how we do that is we provide the best value. We provide the best value across the competition. But it's like just that that adjustment in mindset, that adjustment in how we're communicating, that adjustment in how we do a CMA that we've been all taught to look at solds. Not anymore. We got to look at actives in this market. And so those, those little things is what makes the biggest difference right now and will really help agents shine um, in the midst of this shift. Yeah. And with so many new agents entering um, the business or new agents entering, you know, in a boom market and not never experiencing this, um, unless they have the training, they don't really know what to do. Um, They don't understand the nuances of shifting their listing presentation or their CMAs. Um, So that training is super valuable right now. Yeah, I uh, we had um, just basic conversation of what a price adjustment is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like. We had a conversation with our buyer's agents about um, you can offer less than the asking price. They, some of them didn't know that. They've never been in a market where you offer less than asking price. And that, to me, I was just like, what? You don't know. But they don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think 80% of licensees have, have been licensed, I believe, something like less than five years, something like that. Yeah. Um, and which means that they've never experienced a softening market. So they yeah. don't know. They don't yeah. know. So it's our job to educate them. It's our job to give them the tools and the power um, to get out there and have confidence in doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my last question is just what's next for all facets of Empower Home? Yeah, so our our mission is to be in 100 major metro cities serving 100 families a month in each major metro city. Uh, and so we're in 10 right now. Uh, so we have quite the ways to go. Uh, we all It's all around giving back to the community. That's why we do what we do at Empower Home is, is giving back to the communities that have given so much to us. Um, and so we, in addition to helping 100 families a month in each major metro city, our goal is to give a million dollars to worthy causes in each of those uh, major cities in terms of worthy causes that are local to those communities. And so what's next is our continuing of the mission, staying on track with our mission, staying on track, focusing on that. Um, and in addition, having those uh, sister companies provide amazing service and making sure that the consumer wins with pricing. So we're going to keep on track, keep focused. Um, and that's what's next for Empower Home. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And I always learn something new when I do as well. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.